element of surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet. I'm the host of this little shindig we like to take together every once in a while. And uh, you can find us at eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com. That's our hosting site. All our episodes are posted up there. And uh, I usually share them with the Facebook page. That is www.facebook.com backslash eosmentallyirregular. Check out the Facebook page. From there, you can check out the group, the EOS Army. Join the EOS Army. We're always recruiting. And you're already a member whether you like it or not. Um, Okay, so without further ado, there's not much to get to tonight except topic roulette. So 
it's time to play the game. So, without further ado, it's time to play the game. Let's uh, let's play some topic roulette, shall we? Let's uh, let's see what we've got here. Okay, so topic roulette for those of you who uh, haven't played this before is a game where I put a bunch of topics on a wheel, and then I uh, basically I just go over those topics. At, uh, at random. I spin the wheel, whatever it lands on, I just give you my opinion on. So, um, yeah, let's see. We've got a lot of good topics this week. Um, I want to personally thank the following people for donating your topics or submitting your topics to the wheel. And, of course, any topic that is donated or submitted makes the wheel. So, I mean, like, literally anything at all. Um, so that being said, we've got Tim D. from the Podcasts group, the group that's literally just called Podcasts on Facebook. He submitted two. Uh, Leif Hustleby, an old acquaintance of mine from high school, he submitted four. Uh, Ian Sharpley from McSauce, the comic book podcast, submitted one. So thank you, Ian. Uh, Eli B. from Promote Your Podcast group, he submitted one. Carson H. from Promote Your Podcast submitted one. Uh, Michelle R. from Blatant Podcast Advertising submitted one. Uh, Jamie B. from Promote Your Podcast submitted one. And then finally, EOS Correspondent and my good friend Bill Signs submitted one. And that leaves 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 topics. 12 topics tonight, guys. So thank you all for submitting your topics. And uh, I'll do my best to answer them for you now. So without further ado, let's... Uh, Let's spin that wheel, shall we? Ah, first topic of the night, ladies and gents, and it's a good one. First topic of the night comes from EOS correspondent Bill Signs, and his topic is the best reason for having a prolapsed rectum, uh, like, like you need one. Now... First and foremost, if you don't know what a prolapsed rectum is, I, I, I think it's worth a Google, and uh, it's very painful. You know, it's where your, your asshole comes out of your asshole, basically. That's what a prolapsed rectum is. And uh, the best reason for one, I would probably say would be, um, I don't know, I think it would want, you'd want it to be something good. Maybe attacked by rhino, and it gored you in the butt, or... Uh, you know, I, I personally, I think if you're going to have a prolapse rectum, like I said originally, Bill, like, like you need a reason. But if you need a reason, I'd say the best reason would probably be something heroic. You know, like maybe you saved uh, 50, 50 uh, burning babies from a building. Or no, <laughs> no, 50 babies from a burning building. The babies aren't on fire yet. It's the building that's on fire. You're saving the babies from the building that's on fire. Um so you're saving, you're saving the babies from the burning building, and you're carrying 50 babies, and then, you, 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 you know, because it's so many babies. Yes, Bals, I hear you. So uh, because uh, you're, you're carrying 50 babies at once out of a burning building, 
you know, you slip and you fall. But you're not going to drop those babies. So what you do is you take one for the team and you land precariously on some, like, wrought iron or, like, you know, like, on, like, an old door handle that's, like, maybe on the ground for some reason. The building's on fire. Who knows what's fucking collapsed already. So let's say you land on a door handle and it goes up your butt. And you pull it out and it prolapses your rectum. It prolapses your anus. So now you've got a prolapsed anus. But you're a fucking hero. You just saved 50 babies from a burning building. So, um... Yeah, I think that's a pretty goddamn good reason to have a prolapsed, uh, prolapsed anus there, Bill. Um, that being said, you know, I mean, I, I, again, the reason's entirely up to you. I don't think you need a reason to have a prolapsed rectum, but if you're one of those types out there, if you're the guy that wakes up in the morning and says, Oh, man, I got a prolapsed rectum again. Well, how did you do that there, uh, there sir? Well, let me tell you the reason I've got it and you're that guy, and you need a reason, that's the best reason. You're, you're a fucking hero. That's the best reason. Um, you know, other than that, yeah, you could come up with anything you want. Maybe, maybe you went to McDonald's, and you just ate at McDonald's, and, you know, you shit your brains out, and it led to a prolapse. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that, that's my answer, Bill. That's the best reason, is saving 50 babies from a burning building. And again, that's saving 50 babies from a burning building, and not 50 burning babies from a regular building. So uh, you got to be clear about that. If you save burning babies from a regular building, that that too, I guess, is heroic in its own way. But you know, I don't see the point. Um, so thank you, Bill Signs. What a way to start us off. Spin the wheel. Ah. This one is from Tim D. from the podcasts group, and uh, Tim wants to know: Would you rather have sex with a goblin or a ghost? So uh, that being said, this is actually uh, this is actually something going on in my real life right now. So it's weird, but uh, um, I, I'd probably say I'd want to go with the ghost only because the goblin is you know you, you can't trust a goblin. First off, it's corporeal, which means it has a solid form, so it's going to physically be there and it could fucking hurt you, um, which the ghost is non-corporeal, so it can't. But um, I'm going to go with the ghost, and before I do that, i got to tell a story. And this is the truth. This is the 100% goddamn truth. If you don't believe me, you can call up my house, you can talk to Ash, she'll tell you. The other night, me and her are in bed, and we're getting ready to go to sleep. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and um, we had been talking about something uh, something about having like a tran- like transhumanism or something like shit like that. And she said something about me getting an injection in my dick, which would give me a transhuman dick. Which then I guess would just, according to that conversation, would just get up and leave and do its own transhuman things. Because only my dick would be transhuman, not the rest of me. Uh, From there, she asked me, you know, we were talking about my transhuman dick. She switched the subject on me like that. And she goes, well, how about going out, you going out on a date with that transhuman ghost? And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? A transhuman ghost? First off, it's a ghost. Uh, for those of you that don't know what transhumanism is, that's whenever you incorporate machine parts into a living, into a living body. Like, um, you know, basically cyborgs. Uh, that's transhumanism. Creating a bigger, better version of humanity by incorporating machinery into the human, into the human form. It's what's known as, it's called transhumanism. She said, I'm going to go on a date with a transhuman ghost. First of all, when you die, you're a ghost. You don't get to take the machine parts with you. That's not a thing. But this ghost did, and I'm going to go on a date with it, apparently. 
she says that I'm going to go on a date with her. Now, I'm not there to fuck this ghost because, as I previously mentioned, my transhuman dick is out there doing its own things. According to her, it has already fucked the ghost separately. If I wanted to fuck the ghost, i got to go on a date with it first and hope my dick comes back home. It may or may not, Tim. But, um, yeah, so uh, this, that, that's a true story. That's what's going on. In, that's what's happening in my bedroom life right now is I'm being told I'm going on dates with transhuman ghosts and my dick is a transhuman dick that's going to go fuck ghosts for me or something like that. So uh, based on all that, Tim, I'm going to have to go with the ghost just because it's actually part of my life, uh, whereas the goblin... Sure is. It, it, shut up. It is not. Uh, whereas the goblin is corporeal and is probably probably going to hurt me or, or others. So I'm, I'm going to go with the ghost over the goblin. And thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Next topic. Spin the wheel. All right. Ah, okay. This topic comes from Eli B. From the Promote Your Podcast group. And Eli... His topic is watching your girlfriend get pregnant with someone else's baby. I don't know how to attack this one, Eli, uh, because the word that's jumping out to me most is watching your girlfriend get pregnant with someone else's baby. You, you didn't ask, you didn't give me the topic finding out your girlfriend is pregnant with someone else's baby or learning that your girlfriend is now pregnant with someone else's baby. You, you specifically said watching and that, that's jumping out at me. So that tells me uh, two things, Eli, that either you or whoever you're talking about was in the room when it happened and was not involved in the impregnating of, this, of said girlfriend. So I'm not really sure how to attack this. Um, you know, I guess, I guess I could start by saying we've all got our proclivities. You know, everybody's into something. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's your thing. Maybe, or, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's come from, and I, I don't know you, Eli, so I don't know personally but maybe it's a uh you know maybe maybe you can't maybe you don't get the baby makers you know maybe 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 you're great in bed but you got a very low sperm count and i don't know that for sure sure so i'm not saying that about you but maybe maybe that's it and so you and your you and your girlfriend really want to have a kid and so you incorporate someone else into it you you you're like you get together you're like we could go to a sperm bank and do that she's like nah nah if i ain't getting jiggy with it it ain't fun and i ain't getting no knocked up I don't know why she speaks that way and using 1997 Will Smith album phrases, but that's 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 the girl you're with. That's who that's you know that's who you chose. So um, you know maybe maybe she wants that, but she wants you to be a part of it, so she wants you in the room or something like that. So I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, we all got our proclivities, and uh, I I just I, I hope that whatever's going on in your life, Eli, is um, you know uh, good. Just be safe. You know, remember. You remember, whoever that kid's uh, daddy is, you know, he, whoever that kid's father is, doesn't make him the daddy. You're going to be the daddy, so uh, remember that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess if you enjoy watching, maybe it can become a thing for you guys in the future. I don't know. You know, whatever. I guess, uh, damn, good good topic, Eli. You know what? I, I, I feel like I didn't do you service on that one. And so uh, what I'm going to do... Eli, I'm going to either come back to this at the end of the episode or in a future episode and give you like a more concrete answer. I've got to do my research and, you know, maybe maybe talk to some people who've been there, who've who've been 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 where you apparently are or are insinuating you or someone, you know, are at. So um, I'm going to come back to this one for you. Uh, that, let's spin the wheel.
Here's another one from Tim D. from the podcast group. He says, if you could choose, what era of time would you live in? Um, let's see. If I could choose, what era of time would I live in? Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I would definitely stay out of the, uh, I would definitely stay out of the Middle Ages. Um, they would burn me at the stake. Um, I definitely wouldn't go to whenever Andrew Jackson was president because that guy was a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, there was a lot of gay shit going down those No, we did the gay episode last week. I'm not going that. I'm not going to any point in time where there's a bunch of gay shit going on. Well, there was. No, I, I'm not denying that. That's just, I'm not going there. I'm not going back to Roman times. It would not be best for me. Jesus Christ. Fucking last days of Caligula. Yep. No. No, if I could choose, I'd probably say the uh, the 1910s or early 1920s, just just on mustache choice alone. And no, no flapping. There's no flapping involved. It's just based off mustache choice alone, based off uh, the style of facial hair alone, with the handlebar mustache and the fact that they mainly wore ivy caps, which I I'm, I'm prone to wear. Uh, I would go with the 1910s. Uh, if not then, maybe the 1950s. Um, although I, I think I could do well in maybe like the 1860s and out, out like in the front, like the frontier, like as a frontiersman, you know, like raising cattle and stuff. I think I'd do well out there. Either that or I'd be dead within a week. I, either way, I, I'd give it a shot. But, it, you know, if I had to choose which one I wanted to live in, it's definitely going to be the 1910s and not the Roman, the height of the Roman Empire with Caligula and the gay shit's going on. This isn't hashtag Chad is gay anymore. Uh, so yeah, 1910s, Tim. Thank you. Spin the wheel. Spin it. Ah! Favorite and least favorite video games from my youth. From Carson H. From the Promote Your Podcast group. Uh, easy. That's easy. I, I remember being a kid. And getting the Nintendo Entertainment System, the the original Nintendo, and hands down, I mean, it was all the games were fun. It was exciting back then because you know, new you, video games were a very new thing. In how in home video gaming was was very new, and so um, you know, not like it is today. There wasn't eighty consoles to be cho- to choose from. There was one, that or Atari. If you if you were old enough to play the Atari before the uh, the tragedy of ET, the extraterrestrial uh, video game, but um, which I was by like three years. But um, anyway, I got a Nintendo, and they they were all exciting. But I remember the first time I played Mega Man Four. You know, Mega Man Four was amazing. It it it, it had uh, it had uh, Pharaoh Man, it had Skull Man, uh, Bright Man. They, they you know all these. All these uh, villains, you know, robot masters that were incredibly fucking difficult to, to fucking defeat. I still, at 37 years old, I still have a rough time with Mega Man 4. Mega Man 4 and 5 are almost impossible to beat. So, um, yeah, those were definitely my favorite games. I remember them. I remember playing them for hours on end. Uh, least favorite game was probably, uh, from my youth, was probably A Boy and His Blob. Because I never understood the point of it. I, I, I mean, you're, you're a guy, you're, 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 you're a boy, you're like an adolescent, like teenage, like, like eight to ten year old boy, and you've got a blob following you around, and you feed it jelly beans, 
and it turns into different things that I guess help you out in situations, except for if you play the game, these situations never happen. There's never a situation that calls for the, the blob to turn into a springboard or into an umbrella. It, it never happens. Unless it's maybe rainy outside, you turn the, the, the blob into an umbrella. So, I, may, I mean, I played that game quite a few times, trying just to figure out what the fuck it was about. But uh, I never, I, I, it never landed with me. I could never figure it out. So I'd say A Boy and His Blob was probably my least favorite video game. Um, or Duck Hunt. Because Duck Hunt was addictive, but the moment you miss one duck, that fucking dog shows up. And, uh, you know, I'm an animal lover, but that, that game is the only time I ever tried to shoot a dog and still wish I could. If, if, the, if the Duck Hunt dog came out of the video game screen today and was a live dog, I would shoot it. I would shoot it in the head, not just for myself, but for anybody that that dog has ever snickered at on the screen because you missed one duck out of, like, 99 ducks. So, uh, fuck that dog. But yeah, uh, definitely Mega Man uh, 4 and 5 would probably be my absolute favorite video games from my youth. Um, I also remember playing uh, Paperboy a lot. Paperboy was a good game. Where you're on a bike and then you have to throw the papers back and forth. Uh, that, was a, that was fun. Um, as far as modern video games go, uh, my favorites. Uh, I play a lot of Minecraft with my son. Um, and uh, my least favorite is probably any of, like, the Battlefront, uh, World War II, first-person shooters, Halo, Doom, things like that. I, I just never got into those. But, uh, you know, to each their own. Good, good topic, Carson. Thank you. Ah, okay. This one comes from uh, Leaf Hustleby. Leaf sent me the topic of pizza toppings reminiscent of things you find between your toes. Um, a lot of ways I could go with this one. A lot of ways. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do for you, Leaf. I'm, I'm going to go with making an entire pizza out of things you find just between your toes. So what we're going to do is we're going to start, you're going you know, to come home from work, your, your feet are sweating, you take off your, your boots or your shoes and your socks, and you, you get in there. You get in there while the feet are still wet and sweaty. You, you start digging in between your toes. First thing you're going to pull out is all the lint. All the lint between your toes, you're going to take that. You're going to knead that into a ball, and that's going to be your crust, okay? Uh, you might want to, you know, like spit on it or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, just make sure that it's moist. And, uh, you know, that's going to be your crust. Uh, from there, you know, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to dig in between, like, like, do you, do, like in between your toes, see if there's any, like, boils or cysts or anything in there. Something that you can pop. Something that's, like, bigger than a pimple, but it, it can be popped. So, uh, you know, like a corn or something. And you're going to want to aim that down at the crust. And you're going to squeeze it as hard as you can until it pops. And get all the, 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 the sweet, sweet juice within all over that, that lint, uh, toe, toe lint crust you made. That's going to be your sauce. From there, any rough skin patches between the toes, you're going to want to get like a, like a pumice stone, and you're going to get that shaved off, and there's your cheese. There's your cheese. And then, like, you know, I guess if you want pepperoni, you're just going to have to, like, shave off part of your toe. Um, any fungus growing in between there, that's your mushrooms. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess you specifically said between your toes, so I don't want to say, like, you could go, like, you know, like, you know, like cheese from your taint or anything like that, because, you know, I mean, that's a whole different pizza altogether. Um, equally delicious, I'm sure, but, um, you know, altogether, that's a whole different fucking meal. 
but um, yeah, so you know, then you're going to put that in the oven on 375 degrees for 19 to 27 minutes. Checking it very often to make sure that it's not burning. Uh, once it's golden brown, you'll know it's done. And then from there, you know, you just cut and serve. So uh, that's what I would go with. Now, if you're talking about a regular pizza, you're definitely just going to want to, you know, dribble the lint onto like you know onto the pizza next to like your pepperoni and your and your bacon and stuff like that um again going back to those corns and cysts you are going to want to pop those onto the crust it, it adds flavor and it seeps down into the crust before baking so uh definitely do that um so that, that there you go leaf and thank you for the first of four topics that you provided me with for this episode um Okay, so I'm going to spin the wheel again if we have any listeners left at this point. And... Ah! This, this topic comes from Ian Sharpley from McSauce, the comic book podcast. Great podcast, by the way. I, I uh, you know, want everybody to check it out. I'll, I'll get more to that whenever I do the, uh, the end of the show housekeeping. But uh, this one comes from Ian... It says, uh, what TV show or movie evokes the best childhood memory for you? Um, that's a very good question, Ian. Thank you. Let me, let me see. I mean, I am a movie buff, a TV show buff, so, I mean, there are a lot. I mean, the Star Wars movies, without a doubt, take me way back. But, um, you know, if I really had to go with, like, what I remember best, um, I remember... My grandma used to rent the old, the old black and white and like 1950s and 60s Godzilla movies from me. The ones that had like the really bad uh, English dubbing and uh, where the, the, the lip movements never matched up with the words. Uh, I watched like all of those. And I remember what, and she would sit there and watch me, watch them with me. And, um, you know, I had a really close relationship with my grandmother. So that brings back a lot of fond memories of just spending time with her. Um... The first Short Circuit movie with uh, Steve Gutenberg brings back a lot of good memories. Uh, so does Short Circuit 2. I was a little older then, but uh, Short Circuit 2 brings back a lot of memories. Uh, I think that was actually one of my first, being honest, forays into uh, what eventually led me into punk rock was whenever uh, Johnny Five repairs himself and gives himself a mohawk and an eye patch and tries to be a badass. Um but, yeah, the Short Circuit movies, definitely. Uh, as far as TV shows go, I remember ALF. I loved ALF. Um, I still love ALF. Uh, Perfect Strangers was, was fantastic. Um, if you ask my mom, she said I, would ha I had a thing with the Smurfs when I was a kid. I don't remember it, but she, she insisted, insists to this day that I, I used to, every Saturday morning, watch the Smurfs. Um, and uh, I remember MASH being on during dinner time. And it would be on the TV while we all sat down and ate dinner together um, when I was, like, four or five. Um, I, for that matter, I fucking hate MASH. I, I do not like the show MASH, but I, I, whenever it's on and I hear the opening theme song, the opening crawl, I just, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I kind of flash back to dinners at Grandma's and eating mashed potatoes and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, probably those. Um, more modern things, I, I definitely say that... Um, Step Brothers gives me a fond memory of when my child uh, was first born uh, because it was on TV in the hospital 
And I remember I, he was crying in the middle of the night, and I didn't want his mom to, I didn't want him to wake up his mom because she'd just given birth, you know. So I mean, what kind of an asshole would I be to be like, no, nah, get up with the kid, you know? You just lost a ton of blood and gave birth, but uh, you know you can handle it. That would be pretty, pretty much an asshole thing to do. So I, I got up, um, you know, with him, and he's crying, and I'm trying to feed him his little bottle and give him his pacifier and get him back to sleep. He's maybe 12 hours old at this point. And Step Brothers is on. So uh, it's at the end of the movie, and I, I, I sang, and Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and I uh, sang Portivo Lare to him. And then I've been singing it to him every year on his birthday uh, since then. So I got very fond memories of that. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great, great fucking question, Ian. Great topic. Um, thank you very much for that. I, I appreciate it. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let me see. Let's spin the wheel. Next one comes from Leaf Hustleby again. This was things not to say during sex. Um, it would be a shorter list if I just gave you the things you're allowed to say during sex. Um, but you specifically asked for things not to say during sex. So, um, well, number one, you're not going to want to run down the grocery list. Don't say that. Uh, don't say that the condom broke. Because we all know you're not wearing one in the, to begin with. Um, don't go on and on about your strategy for defeating Pharaoh Man the next time you play Mega Man 4 while you're trying to while you're trying to, you know, plow some vage. Don't 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 do that. Um, that being said, there's no time that's not correct for coming up with a strategy to beat Pharaoh Man, but you know, just don't talk about it while while you're banging. You can think about it, but don't don't talk about it. You know, maybe maybe you could use that strategy as a way to get into lead into sex but i'm getting off topic um don't talk about the scene where the machete goes into jason Voorhees' head in friday the 13th part 4 the final chapter which as we all know was not the final chapter uh because it was the fourth of 12 movies so uh there's that. You don't want to talk about Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. Don't let a matter of fact, just stay away from all horror icons um, at all. I mean, with the exception of maybe Pinhead from Hellraiser. That There's something oddly sexual about him that I think, depending, in the right circumstances, probably turn somebody on. Um, but other than that, I, w- I, would stay, I would stay away from the, the horror genre in general. Um, don't start singing songs from Little Shop of Horrors. Like, you're not going to want to be, you know... Like, if you're, if you're in bed and a girl or guy or whatever your preference is is going down on you, and just as soon as they, like, wrap their lips around, around your member, you don't want to be like, better wait a minute. You better hold the phone, because that's going to throw them off. They're going to be like, what the fuck? You just, you know, you don't sing Mean Green Mother from Outer Space while someone's giving you a BJ. You just don't do it. Um, don't, don't talk about Iron Man's butt. Just in general, don't do that. Especially not during sex. Unless your girl is into Iron Man. But that's going to turn her off to you because you are not Iron Man. I don't care who you are. Unless unless you're Robert Downey Jr. talking about Iron Man in bed, it's a no-go. Only Robert Downey Jr. should be allowed to do that. I completely see him doing that, by the way. Um, I don't know. The list goes on and on. So, I mean, supplement whatever wrong thing you want to talk, you, you would think right there. Oh, don't, definitely, definitely don't talk about other women. Especially, especially your exes. Like, you don't want to be banging Sue and talk about Helen. Oh, Helen. I remember one time Helen, 
Helen was talking to me about Sue. I remember one time Helen was talking about Sue when we was in bed together. Sue and Helen, down by the boardwalk, down by the sea. And learn with my Helen, that's where I'll be. All right, spinning the wheel. Okay, this next one comes from uh, Jamie B. from Promote Your Podcast Group. And Jamie asks, how to pick up women in real life? Um, first off, I love that this is coming from someone named Jamie, so that leaves it ambiguous. This could, be a, this could just as easily be a woman asking me as it is a man. So uh, that, that's fantastic, because that just opens up a whole lot of doors. Um, first and foremost, uh, being completely serious, how to pick up women in real life? is a odd way to phrase it as opposed to just how to pick up women. This tells me you do a lot of online dating, which I would just stay away from in, in general. You don't know who you're meeting. They're all psychos. They're all psychos. Uh, secondly, if I knew one-fourth back in like high school of what I know now, picking up women would have been easy. Uh, of course, I didn't, and so it was not easy. Um, but if I had to give you what advice that I've learned, Jamie, and I don't know your age, I mean, you could very well be like in your 50s and, you know, living in your mom's basement still, playing Mega Man 4 and still developing a strategy to beat Pharaoh Man, um, because Pharaoh Man fucking sucked. Uh, I would tell you, just be yourself, and if you think that you shouldn't say it, don't say it. That's the best advice I can give, um... That, going, that being said, I want to go back to the real-life thing that you brought up. What kind of women have you been picking up so far? What kind of women are you talking about that, like, that aren't in real life? Are you talking, like, video game women or, like, real dolls? Or are you talking, like, like website dating? Because I, I don't know. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm just doing the topic as you provided it. But you, you really specified in real life in the same way that Eli earlier specified watching your girlfriend get pregnant with someone else's baby as opposed to just finding it out. Um, I, I, I think if I had a little bit more information, I could probably give you a little bit better and more concrete answer there, Jamie. Um, but uh, I do thank you for the topic, and I do hope that uh, my advice is, is of some help to you. Um, I mean, that being said, there's always just like, you know, I could take it literally. You could always take it literally. You could just go up to a woman. What you're going to do is you're going to bend down, make sure the woman's facing you. Bend down, put your shoulder right below, like, belly level, uh, right at, like, the hips. Wrap both arms around the backs of the knees and then just stand straight up so that way the upper half of the body from the torso up is, like, hanging over your shoulder but you're going to keep your arm over them legs so that way they're like hanging over your shoulder. And then you've literally picked up a woman in real life. You could always do that. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's that. I don't know how you meant it, but I, I hope I was of some help. I'm going to spin the wheel. we got two left. Or three left, I think. Three left. Ah, this one comes from Michelle R. Blatant Podcast Advertising Group. Um... Uh, and Michelle wants to know, how would I make homeschooling work? It's actually a very good question, because I, I'm assuming that you're responding because of this whole uh, uh, COVID-19 
pandemic and kids being at home from school, would you send them back to school or would you keep them home? And if you keep them home, how do you make the homeschooling work? I'm going to run off that assumption there, uh, Michelle. And um, honestly, I, I think the best way to do it is because the first thing i got to make clear is uh, as, the par- as the father of an eight-year-old, as the father of an eight-year-old boy who does not want to do schoolwork when he's not in school, he's, the, the children are going to fight back. They're going to rebel more against mom and dad than they are against teacher. And uh, so what you got to do is you got to put them in a situation where they cannot rebel. So what I want you to do, Michelle, is I want you to go rent the movie Lethal Weapon. Not two, three, or four. The original Lethal Weapon. And you'll get to the scene where they have Mel Gibson strung up like by his arms and he's hanging there and they're dripping water down on him so that way he's soaking wet. And they've got a car battery that they've hooked up like two electrodes to. And they just keep hitting him with the car battery. And since he's soaking wet, the electricity goes all through him. And it's like they're like torturing him to death with the, with the car battery. You're going to want to create a similar, a very similar rig uh, of your own around wherever it is your kids are homeschooling. And at, at any point, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. You hit him with the fucking car battery. Just, and they're no and then you'd be like uh, what was that what's uh what's four plus four i don't care what fuck no you know just hit them with the car battery they'll start doing the schoolwork. i promise you after like four or five days of car battery you're not gonna need a second one you're gonna be like hey it's time to your time to do your schoolwork, and you just lift up the car battery and they'll be over there and they'll get it done um I mean, that's one way to make it work. That's also a good way for uh, people to come and take my son away from me. But, you know, what, uh, what they don't know won't hurt them. It'll only hurt the, only hurt the child. Uh, that also being said, um, you know, I, I, I highly recommend, if the car battery doesn't work, there are other forms of torture out there that you can research. Uh, you know, probably worth a Google. So let, let's, I, I would recommend maybe doing that, Michelle. Um, I, I still stick by the car battery not more than anything. I think the car battery is the way to go. So, um, yeah, watch Lethal Weapon. You'll see the car battery scene. You'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, that's what you do to the kids. That'll make homeschooling work. Next topic, please. These last two are both from Leaf Hustleby, by the way. Ah, okay, so Leaf asks... How to be more threatening than a home invader on meth if you aren't allowed to own a gun? Great fucking topic, Leaf. Uh, first off, any home invasion is, is a home invasion that you're not going to want to be part of. Um, now, if the home invader is on meth, that's going to make it worse. Because chances are, they're likely of a mindset that you are a, 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 a ghost or some sort of phantom that needs to be eliminated immediately. Uh, so, if you're not allowed to own a gun, you're going to want to prep for them. Uh, possibly by doing uh, equal amounts of meth. You might want to be on meth for this as well. Now, that being said, I don't advocate ever doing ever doing meth. Um, it's a terrible drug, and you know, to my understanding, it, it just makes you it just takes whatever life force you have and just puts it out there in the ether uh, permanently while you lose yourself to uh, the insane thoughts of not having any filter. But um, that being said, I've never done that. So 
if you're not going to balance out equal, balance out those scales by doing meth yourself, what I would recommend is you're going to want to set up traps around the house, home alone style, because this meth head is not going to be able to let them go. Like if uh, if your home gets broken into by a by a regular home invader, and they see that you've sprawled sprawled uh, you know micro machines all over the kitchen floor, or that you've got a fan set up to tar and feather them with uh, with Elmer's glue, they're going to easily avoid those. They're going to make logical decisions and be like, this is from fucking Home Alone. We're not going to do this. But a meth head, on the other hand, is not going to be able to let that go. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Am I a giant now? Where do all these little cars come from? Are there people in these cars? You're, that's going to distract them. Even if it doesn't knock them on their ass, they're going to be completely distracted. They're going to think they're a fucking giant inside of a giant home and there are a bunch of little people in those cars. They're going to maybe avoid stepping on them, but that gives you and your family and loved ones time to escape. Um, you know, that also being said, and like, you know, putting nails, uh, nails on the stairs, the, 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 the meth head's going to step on them just because they're going to try to avoid them. Um, that being said, I wouldn't get within in arm's reach of the meth head. So like, you know, putting a giant tarantula on their face, probably a no go. Um, but yeah, definitely go the home alone route, and uh, you know, watch do whatever Macaulay Culkin would do. That's what you should do. Think to yourself, what would Macaulay Culkin do, and then do it. Um, all right, and uh, spin the wheel. Last topic, also from you, Leaf, is uh, I can't see it because it's spinning. Would you rather find a heroin needle or an insulin needle, and? Should I pick it up and keep it or throw it in the trash? And that's exactly how you worded it. You asked me if I would rather find a heroin needle or an insulin needle, and then you spoke from your own point of view as if you have currently found one, uh, one of each and are asking me if you should pick them up or throw it away. Um, well, personally, I, I'd probably want to find the insulin needle because it's probably got, uh, it's probably, you know, not, not that any used hypodermic needle is safe, but it's probably safer to find a used insulin needle than it is to find a used heroin needle. So if I were finding the needle, I'd go with the insulin one. Uh, now get to the second part. Uh, should you pick it up and keep it or throw it away? Um, I'm going to go with that you found the heroin needle, first off, because that's the one you're going to want to find. And you definitely want to pick that up and keep it. Because you never know when you're going to need to be jabbing somebody with a, her with a used heroin, heroin needle. Um, you know, you could be walking down the street. And uh, Jehovah's Witness could come up and be like, "Excuse me, have you heard about the uh, have you heard about the ever the everlasting power of Christ?" And you're just going to jab them with that needle to get them away from you. You know, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, pretty much anybody that comes to your front door speaking about the Lord deserves being jabbed with a heroin needle. Um, that being said, if you if it's just somebody you know or someone you're listening to that you sought out who's speaking about the Lord, that's they don't deserve to be jabbed. But if they're coming to you, and asking you for your time to hear about the Lord, jab them as many times as you can with the used hypodermic heroin needle. And, uh, yeah, so you're going to want to keep that needle, Leaf. Uh, you're going to want to keep it. Keep it in a safe place, like not in your pocket. Um, you know, I mean, unless you're wearing leather pants, in which case the pockets probably aren't made of leather, so still not in your pocket. Um, but you're also going to want to keep it at arm's reach. Now, I recommend getting yourself like a safety deposit box inside your house with like a little key and putting it in there and keeping that close to the door or possibly in the shower because going back to the home invader on meth let's say the home invader on meth 
uh, breaks in, and you aren't allowed to own a gun. But you do have your used hypodermic needle that was used for heroin. So you're in the shower. You're the most vulnerable. But you've got your little safety deposit box. You're like, oh, shit, there's a meth head fucking home invader in my house. So you unlock your box. You grab your heroin needle. You grab your used heroin needle, and then you just start jabbing them with it. Now, they're on meth. So, you know, it's probably not going to take them down too far. But at the same time, they're going to see themselves being stabbed with a needle. And they're going to start losing their shit like a shit collector with fucking amnesia. So, that's a point about the time that you run away. I'm, I, I, I say jab them once hard in the throat and then just run. I don't care that you're still naked from the shower. There's no time for a towel. You run. You run outside waving your arms up in the air like Kermit the Frog and screaming like a little girl. That's, that's my recommendation. Uh, but only in that specific scenario. Uh, other than that, it's, you're definitely going to want to keep the heroin needle. And, uh, you know, you, again, you never know when you're going to want to jab somebody or going to need to jab somebody. Um, hopefully it's more of a need than a want. Because if you want to jab somebody with a used heroin needle, if that's like something that you go through, you're like, yeah, I, every day I wake up and I, I just want to jab people with this used heroin needle. Um, you know, then, then I, I recommend seeking help. And it's, it's not help that I can give you. But um, other than that, if, if, if you find yourself in the need to do so, I recommend doing it. And you're going to want to have the heroin needle over the insulin needle in that case. Um, so thank you for that topic, Leaf. And that, that, that'll do it for Topic Roulette, guys. Thank you. That was fucking awesome. That was excellent. Um, Eli, Eli B., I'm going to get back to you in the next episode, I think, when I have more concrete, uh, more concrete stuff to talk about, about watching your girlfriend getting pregnant by someone else. Because I, I really, like I said, I really didn't know how to attack that one. Um, you know, because there's a lot of avenues as to why you're watching that happen. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a whole array of emotions that you could be going through. And I, I, I want to give you a good concrete answer. So, uh, you know, forgive me. I, I, I hope what I did give you in this episode was able to do some justice. But, uh, you know, I'm going to come back to that one. Um, other than that, thank you again, Leaf Hustleby. Thank you, Ian Sharply from McSauce. Thank you, EOS Correspondent, Bill Signs. Thank you, Eli B. Thank you, Carson H. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Tim. Uh, I appreciate all the topics you guys gave me. Before I let you go, of course, I want you to check out... Um, <coughs> check out my cough. No, uh, check out a fireside chat hosted by my good friend Ryan McCormick, available on Libsyn. It's a great podcast. It is a life podcast. Uh, as he calls it, it's just kind of like an audio journal of what's going on in Ryan's life. Fantastic listen, uh, very insightful, and uh, he, he throws his good humor in there, and it's very funny, too. Um, check out McSauce, hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt. Uh, McSauce available on Podomatic.com, and I believe also uh, on YouTube. They also have the uh, McSauce Special Reserve. Uh, if you uh, want to pay for the Patreon, that's a, that's a separate pod, second podcast they have. You got to pay for that one, but it's a little bit uh, more. In, it, it, it's you know, it's worth the five bucks. But um, after that, check out Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case on Audio Boom, and then check out Lunch After Dark, hosted by Cody and Mark, and that is on uh, Podbean, uh, where this podcast, The Element of Surprise, is also located. I thank you all for tuning in. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed yourself. Uh, great episode. Thank you again for all the topics. And uh, Eli, I'm going to get back to you in the next episode. That being said, be good to everybody. Be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. And cue the fucking bear music.
Yeah, bro. 